Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 725. Well, your humble host recently helped to free a small bird that had become the victim of entanglement in a long strand of plastic wire caught up in a tree branch. All agreed that it felt good to do, even if the victim was a member of the invasive, ubiquitous Passer domesticus species, the house sparrow. But this morning, I'd like to talk just for a moment about another kind of entanglement, quantum entanglement. It's a phenomenon apparently associated with quantum mechanics and quantum physics. Scientists tell us that quantum entanglement dictates that if two electrons are created at the same time, the pair will be entangled so that whatever happens to one particle affects the other. Okay, but what does this have to do with birds? Well, it's long been observed that birds and some other animals use magnetic fields to find their way during migration. But just how they use these fields has been a mystery. Until now, maybe. Some scientists think that this electron entanglement might enable birds to sort of see Earth's magnetic fields, possibly through light-triggered interactions in a chemical in birds' eyes. Please consult our Facebook page, Talking Birds listeners, for a link to more about this phenomenon that perhaps can only really be understood by people who are quantum mechanics. Hey, Eddie, uh, come over here, would you, and help me uh, untangle these electrons. And thanks to Mark Duffield for alerting us to this story. Meanwhile, the following sounds very scientific, but isn't really. Pundits say that nuclear fusion is five years away and always will be. Well, our Talking Birds second annual Make Your Own Swag contest seems to be sort of like that. We've postponed it a bit, but only so that we could complete assembling an array of pretty cool prizes for the contest. We've got them now, and we'll describe and explain the contest on next week's show. Attention, Talking Birds listeners anywhere near Gaylord, Michigan. Friend of the show and Talking Birds ambassador, Greg Bodker, will be there Tuesday evening. April 30th, to give one of his extremely well-received birding presentations, this one called Bird Watching versus Birding, with Alpine Master Gardeners at the Otsego County Library there in Gaylord, Michigan. This Tuesday, April 30th, 6 p.m., and you can find out more about Greg's very popular talks in lots of places around Michigan on his website, Backyard Birds and Beyond. Dot com. That's BackyardBirdsAndBeyond.com. And we'll also have some info about Greg and his presentations on our Talking Birds Facebook 
page. Meanwhile... That's the sound of our mystery bird. Here's our preview of the contest coming along a little bit later in the show. Getting you ready for that now. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized raptor that inhabits open grasslands and savannas, mostly in southern Texas, southern Florida, and much of the west coast, where it hunts for small mammals by hovering as high as 80 feet in the air and then dropping straight down onto its prey. Our bird has a gray back, long, narrow, pointed gray wings, a white face and underside, red eyes, and a long, white tail. That's our mystery bird. A little preview there. Fabulous prizes, including the Droll Yankees Ruby Sipper Hanging Hummingbird Feeder. Plus, uh, download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. And another bonus prize. A 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, birds and beans, shade-grown coffee. All in our mystery bird uh, contest uh, this uh, this morning here on, on Talking Birds. Extra, extra, read all about it. Some of the stories and videos we have for you on our Facebook page this week. For the first time on beautiful Cape Cod in nearly 30 years, bald eagles are nesting. We have the photo story from capenews.net. And maybe Mike O'Connor will have something about to say about it a little bit later as well on the show here. In the Dutch city of Amsterdam, swans building a nest show us another sad example of what we're doing to our planet with plastic trash. That's what they're using to build that nest. And a story from DeltaDawn.com describes new research that says birds have a better sense of smell than they've been given credit for. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page right now. You can also find those stories through an online search. Well, our friends at Birdwatching Magazine have published a story about two new reports. One by the Virginia Coastal Zone Management Program at the Virginia Department of Environmental Quality and one by Clean Virginia Waterways, focusing on the dangerous effects of balloon litter and why people release balloons. According to the story, researchers found more than 11,000 balloon-related items on the state's beaches. Balloon debris can have a severe impact on seabirds and sea turtles and marine mammals. A report entitled Balloon Litter on Virginia's Remote Beaches identifies balloons as the most abundant type of trash on five remote beaches that were surveyed with balloons and their attached plastic clips and ribbons making up 40% of all the debris recorded followed by plastic bottles and fishing gear. Virginia Whitmers, co-author of another report, quoted as saying, helium-filled balloons are the one form of litter that people may be purchasing with the intent to release into the environment. According to the Birdwatching Magazine story, interviews and surveys show that many people don't understand that there is no such thing as an environmentally friendly released balloon. We have more on the story and the research on our Talking Birds Facebook page or do an online search. There are many stories about the problem out there. 
Some good conservation news presented here in the form of a conservation salute of the week. Talking Birds Ambassadors Kevin and Roxanne Reardon from Louisville, Colorado, let us know that they spent this past Christmas in Iceland. Kevin has sent us a story from the Iceland Review that has inspired today's conservation salute to the Environment Agency of Iceland. Cue the seabirds, please. That agency has presented a proposal for the protection of a place called the Lauterberg Bird Cliffs, where a staggering number of seabirds nest every year, including the largest population of razorbills in the world, along with hundreds of thousands of pairs of guillemots, thick-billed murres and fulmars, and tens of thousands of pairs of puffins and kittiwakes. As the piece's author, Larissa Kaiser, wrote, granting the cliff's protected status is intended to protect its cultural heritage, ensure that it continues to be monitored and studied by scientists, and to redouble educational outreach related to its rich bird life. So a conservation salute to the good folks from the environmental, or the Environment Agency of Iceland. And thanks to Kevin and Roxanne for telling us about this story. Oh, and Kevin and Roxanne also sent us another bird story from Iceland where bird watchers have gotten very excited about a rare sighting there, a sighting of a bird that wouldn't cause a lot of commotion here in the U.S. because the bird is Turtus migratorius. That's right, the American robin. A bird we take for granted here, of course, but it is a beautiful bird, and they have some warm feelings for it there in Iceland. Meanwhile, a couple of thousand miles south and west of Iceland lies the great state of Maine, a destination for your Talking Birds crew, and maybe for you a bit less than a month from now, when we'll head for the annual L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival. We can claim, by the way, that your Talking Birds show had a little something to do with the creation of this three-day weekend of walks and talks and outings and free events. One of those free events will be our live Talking Birds show broadcast from the festival on Sunday, May 26th, 9.30 to 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And we hope you can join us there live right there at the L.L. Bean flagship store in beautiful Freeport, Maine. That's Sunday, May 26th. From 9.30 to 10 a.m., admission is free. And we have some warm feelings for some new Talking Birds ambassadors. They are Talking Birds listeners who have allowed us to send them some of our little info cards that they hand out to their friends and neighbors and fellow birders to help spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. We offer thanks this week to Marie Lehman from Milton, Florida. Thanks for your kind comments, Marie. She says, I'm frequently out and about watching and photographing birds. In fact, it has become my obsession. I'm always running into fellow bird lovers who I'll be able to soon share your cards with. Yes, you will, Marie, because they are on the way to you, and thank you so much. And from even farther south in Florida, great thanks to another new Talking Birds ambassador, Rishi Gordial from Prince's Town, Trinidad. He's a weekly listener to the show, he says, and he's an avid birder and passionate bird photographer. He says, I especially enjoy observing and documenting bird behavior and also locating migratory birds to our shores, finding the rare birds in our forest and photographing them in low light without flash, Rishi says. is very relaxing 
and gratifying. Thank you so much, Rishi, for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador and for sharing some of your great photos. And I think we have some already. And if not, we'll have them very soon on our Instagram page. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join Rishi and Marie in our growing Talking Birds ambassadors family. And to do it, pretty easy. Just click on the contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, in our Let's Ask Mike segment, we'll catch up with our man, Mike O'Connor, who will regale us with tales of his recent birding excursion in New York's Central Park. And up next, the bird some call the Flying Checkerboard is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. As we walked last Sunday along the trails and shoreline of a place called World's End, a nature reserve on the southernmost end of Boston Harbor, we saw tree swallows checking out the nest boxes put up for eastern bluebirds, followed a rough-legged hawk swooping low through the trees, viewed a red-throated loon close to shore, and late-season buffleheads bobbing in the bay. And another bird that went unseen, but that remained ever-present by its nearly constant calls, is today's featured feathered friend. That's the unmistakable sound of the red-bellied woodpecker, a beautiful, if oddly named bird, what with its lack of a red belly, save for a faint blush of red that's not often seen. It's immediately recognized by the black and white zebra barring on the back and the red color on the head and nape of the male, just the back of the head and the female, a feature which sometimes gets the bird misidentified as a red-headed woodpecker. And the red belly's interesting color pattern has earned it nicknames like half-shirt, flag bird, shirt-tail bird, and flying checkerboard. The red belly is a mostly non-migratory year-round resident across the eastern United States, found wherever there are mature trees, from which it excavates insects using its bill as a chisel and its long barbed tongue for extracting food items. The red-bellied woodpecker will also eat berries and nuts, mice, salamanders, and even small nestling birds, and will come to feeders for peanuts, sunflower seeds, suet and cracked corn. The male red belly begins courtship by drumming on a tree trunk or branch to attract the female's attention. Both male and female excavate the nest cavity, usually below an overhanging branch in a dead tree, and then they try to stave off eviction by European starlings. The red-bellied woodpecker, Melanerpes carolinus, Today's Talking Birds featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show, number 725. As always, we invite you to visit our website. It's at uh, talkingbirds.com, and the familiar reminder that there's no G in talking, at least in this case. And uh, we hope you'll follow us as well on Facebook and Twitter and our newly reactivated Instagram account, thanks to our Freya McGregor. We have some great pictures there, thanks to Freya at Instagram and all at Talking Birds. Uh, and coming up next here, it would be our Mystery Bird Contest with some fabulous prizes and the identity of last week's Mystery Bird. 
in just one minute. Tanzania hosts more than a thousand bird species, and on safari with Nasera safaris, you'll see the birds and the big five. The lion, leopard, elephant, rhino, and cape buffalo. That's Nasera Safari's founder and guide, Joseph Dunguru. And Nasera Safaris provides more, says co-founder David Clapp. We offer customized safaris and mountain climbing adventures in Tanzania, Kenya, and Uganda, and gorilla trekking in both Uganda and Rwanda. Going on safari in Africa is an unforgettable experience, and there's no better way to do it than with Nasera Safaris. See their website for details, nasarasafaris.com, N-A-S-E-R-A, Nasera Safaris. Well, we must apologize uh, for last week not identifying our mystery bird. We didn't get an exactly correct answer, and as we sometimes do, thanks to our being kind of a space shot uh, uh, operation here, we forgot to mention what the winner was. We did have a winner sending out a beautiful set of prizes. Uh, the bird was the pine warbler. That was our mystery bird last week, the pine warbler. If you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, by the way, and think you're prevented from entering our mystery bird contest, well, there is an easy way to listen to our show live. We do the show live Sunday mornings, 9.30 to 10 Eastern. Just go to TalkingBirds.com to see how to hear the show live. And by the way, if you'd like to listen to any or even all of our past Talking Birds shows, just open the podcast app that's built into your iPhone or the Google Podcast app on your Android phone and just type Talking Birds into the search bar. And you can just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, is another uh, kind of easy way to do it. Our mystery bird contest, here is the sound of our mystery bird. Some clues. Our mystery bird is a medium-sized raptor that inhabits open grasslands and savannas, mostly in southern Texas, southern Florida, and much of the west coast, where it hunts for small mammals by hovering as high as 80 feet in the air and then dropping straight down onto its prey. Our bird has a gray back, long, narrow, pointed gray wings, a white face and underside, red eyes, and a long white tail. Some clues there about our mystery bird. Beautiful prizes lined up here, including a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. That's one of our bonus prizes, along with a big bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. That is some good stuff, and it's great for the birds as well. And our other prize, our regular prize every week here from Droll Yankees. This time it's the Ruby Sipper Hanging Hummingbird Feeder in Lavender. It's a stylish saucer feeder that's ideal for establishing multiple feeding zones for those territorial hummingbirds. So those are some clues and prizes and the sound of our mystery bird. If you haven't won here within six months on Talking Birds, you are automatically eligible. So um, tell us what it is or take your guess. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. So take a guess or tell us what it is. It's 781-837-4900. That's 781-837-4900. Please do call us as soon as you can. Meanwhile, we're going to hook up to Cape Cod and Mike O'Connor 
down there at the uh, famous Birdwatchers General Store in Orleans. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is George Stokes, and I'm from Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I became a Talking Bird ambassador because I feel like I'm a steward of the earth, and a part of that is making sure that other people know about what's going on with birds in terms of the environment. When I'm out watching birds and I come across other people that are watching birds, that's when I start talking about the show. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talking Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, talkingbirds.com, click on the contact button, and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at talkingbirds.com. And thanks. Well, we understand that two pale males have returned to Central Park in New York. One is a famous red-tailed hawk. And the other is the famous owner of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod. That would be Mike O'Connor. And he is with us on the line now, possibly. Good morning, Mike. That was my nickname oh. when I went to the beach. That's like perfect. <laughs> yeah, I hope you didn't mind. We know you don't like to get out on the sun that much, even though you're, you're on Cape Cod, which is a little bit ironic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it is odd, isn't it? Yeah, I go to the shaded woods. But anyways, yeah, we, I, apparently that famous hawk, there's a hawk that's been nesting in Central Park for maybe 20-plus years. The bird might be 29 years old. It's been wow. nesting in one of the buildings. Of, the first hawk to nest there in over 100 years, and now wow. it's produced now there's several, and it's, it's still, uh, still cranking out the kiss from the best I can tell. If you want to go to Central Park, you can still see this bird. It's been in movies and books and everything else. and. <sighs> And and I just spent a, a couple of days in New York doing, you know, it was my wife's birthday. We see, went to some shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'd get up early every morning and head to Central Park. And anybody that's spending a time going to New York for either business, to visit relatives, or to be a tourist, you should plan on doing some birding in Central Park. Don't blow this place up. Don't think it's just, a, you know, some place in the city. It's mm-hmm. It has... T- it gets annually, an eBirds has spotted over 265 species of birds. And to give you an idea how many that is, if you go to the Grand Canyon, you might their eBird number is like 160. Wow. So this is vastly superior place mm-hmm. to go birding. I was there for a few hours, and I saw uh, several warblers, including northern parallels, ruby-crowned kinglets, a couple mm-hmm. of vireos, lots of woodpeckers, including sapsuckers, and... And apparently this is an area where a lot of white-throated sparrows spend the winter. The ground was just covered with them, and then they eventually move on to the outer Adirondacks for the spring nesting. But it's, a, it's really a good and it's beautiful. The families, this beautiful plantings. We spent quite a bit of time from my hotel room. I could look mm-hmm. down on the park, and I could watch huh. a Grady Grit fishing. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's not, I don't know how they find their way through all the canyons of uh, buildings, but it's, mm-hmm. it's well worth it. And they even have a section of bird feeders where the b- people would come and look at bird feeders. Um, one of the bird feeders, need, you know, a couple of bird feeders needed some work, so I'm thinking about maybe sending a letter to Ed Koch. Is he still the mayor of New I York? Think, I think Ed is no longer the mayor there. He's been, he's been gone, for, gone from our planet, in fact. <laughs> I'm going to have to look into that. But uh, yeah, anybody who's, who wants to... There's a, an area called the Rambles, which is uh, a 38-acre of wooded... Like the hobbits live in there. It's kind of wooden bridges and streams, and it's 
beautiful, and it was full of birth in this day, especially in the spring. So anybody going to New York for a business or whatever, pack your binoculars and plant a few early mornings at uh, Central Park. It's, it's well yeah. worth the effort. And I know, you know, you were off the air, you were complaining about the prices in New York City. I'm glad to hear you actually stayed in a hotel. You didn't sleep in Central Park. Is that No, correct? yeah, you know, I, I, those days are over, I guess. Okay. I used to, you know, sleep on the bench, but... <laughs> I guess they frown on that now. Eh, no, but no. Back in the hotels now. My wife doesn't want to do this bench work. <laughs> bench work. All right. Oh, by the way, a pale male has a new mate. Was it Oct- Octavia? Did you say Octavia? It? Octavia. Yeah. Because apparently this is his eighth mate. This bird is. Wow. This bird has had so many mates, and they they get divorced, or something happens to the mate. Usually, it's you know some kind of insect uh, poison or something like that. But he he just keeps cranking, and I thought this bird was gone. But um, no, still going, which is uh, it's just as this is amazing. It's, by the way, awesome. yeah. By the way, you're back. You're back on the Cape, and you've got some big nesting thing going on there for the first time in thirty years. Uh, am I right? No, first time in a, over a hundred years. The, I'm talking about the bald eagles on the Cape. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hundred years. Oh. Hundred years. 1905 Whoa. was the last confirmed bald oh, eagle nesting gosh. in Sandwich, and now there's one apparently in Brewster. Whether they're going to go through with it, whether they're going to be successful, we mm-hmm. don't know. It's at the landfill in Brewster, and they're trying to keep the public away. You know, I don't know. How do you keep people away from the dump? I don't know. But until <laughs> <laughs> there. So, yeah, this is kind of big news. All right. Well, I'm sure you'll give us an update somewhere along the line here. Stay tuned. All right. Talk to you next week, Mike. Okay. Thanks, Ray. Yep. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. 781-837-4900 is the number to call. This would be the sound of our mystery bird here. We forgot to get some new um, markers for our whiteboards here. So we have pale, yeah, speaking of pale male, we have pale yellow markers on a whiteboard. This is going to be a little bit challenging, but I think we can see uh, where are we going to uh, uh, is it Dina in San Francisco? Francisco. Alright, Dina in San Francisco California. Dina, we can hear you a lot better than we can see your name on this whiteboard here. So, uh, Well, I'm glad. Good to hear from you, Dina, and uh, thanks for calling in on the Mystery Bird Contest. And what would you say the uh, bird is? I think it's a white-tailed kite. It sounds like a white-tailed kite. Looks like a white-tailed kite. <laughs> Correct. Great. Nice job, yeah. White-tailed kites. So, uh, I guess you wouldn't see them the in The crowd is California. loud today, yeah. Say that again? <laughs> the crowd, is, the t- crowd yeah, we, is loud today. They're getting yeah. a little rambunctious here lately. I've, I've yeah. noticed that. <laughs> hey, I think we have time for a, a bonus question here. If you'd like to uh, try that, would you be interested? All right. I can try my best. All right. Uh, here is the question. What is, this is a multiple choice, what is a pupa epops? What is a pupa epops? Is it A, an immature form of the monarch butterfly? B, is it the national bird of Israel, commonly known as the hoopoe? Or is it, uh, I don't know, kind of an electric popsicle? No, that, that couldn't be it, no. <laughs> uh... Uh, let, hmm. Hmm, I'll go with B, a, since this is a bird show. Uh, since it's a bird show, you, you're going with the <laughs> national bird of Israel, commonly known as the hoopoe. I wonder if we could be able to hear our audience uh, this time, Jesse. Are, are they, are they, are they, there they are. <laughs> I guess that was the right answer. 
Yes, the okay. National Bird of Israel, a pupa <laughs> epops, better known as the hoopoo. It's a really cool-looking bird. Well, mm. you've done uh, you've done well, Dina. Thank you for calling in, and if you'll <laughs> hold on the line, we'll arrange to get those prizes to you. Okay, thanks, Ray. Thanks so much. That's Dina in, um, where is she? San Francisco, San California. Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that, and I did forget the mystery <laughs> bird from uh, last week. So, Jesse, Dina is waiting there for you. The white-tailed kite. Next week on our show, the author of a fascinating book called Landfill, Notes on Gull-Watching and Trash-Picking in the Anthropocene. It's described as a love letter to gulls and their charged relationships with humans. This book is getting fantastic reviews. Tim D. is the author. He's a BBC radio producer and acclaimed nature writer. And he'll be here with us to talk about that book next week. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and best wishes to our departing contributor, Homa Sarabi Doné. And thanks to our engineer, Jesse Wilkins. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Birdwatchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, birdwatchersgeneralstore.com, and proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club.